This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20. LivingRelief.com. Living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. Apes that ain't fools. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with my man, James, better known as C.U. Bosco. B-O-C-U-B-E-O-S-C-O. Every time Clemson comes on, we talk to James. It's been a while. We didn't play last year. James, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Glad to be with you. I'm good. Let's jump right into it. So I want to play this clip for you. It's a four-minute-long clip. It's from... The Yahoo Sports Podcast. I'm not sure if you listen to those guys, uh, but their podcast today. I was listening to it a little bit, a little while ago, and I heard it. I was like, I got to take this clip and and get your thoughts on it because I think this is the best way to get started with this conversation. So I'm gonna play this right. clip for you real quick. Okay. Ago, should you panic over this performance or not? DJ Uyunglele, Clemson quarterback and. Dr. Pepper spokesman. He's, 51. He's, got a, he's got a chicken deal, too. He's got a chicken deals. Pain. No, Bojangles. He's Bojangles. That's Bojangles. right. Very Carolina's Bojangles, yes. Well, if he doesn't prove his accuracy, someone's going to ask for their money back. <laughs> 51 of 86, 475 yards, one TD, and one interception. Not exactly Trevor or Deshaun reincarnated so far. Uh, panic or patience? Uh, I'd say panic is justified at this point because it's it, it's been bad. Are <laughs> you kidding surprised. me? I mean, it's been really bad. You know, the game, the middle game against South Carolina State doesn't count. Total toss out. You take care of that. You get rid of that. They've scored 17 points this year. Now, Georgia defense. Excellent. We know that Georgia Tech, you score 14. You barely hang on to win. You're five yards an attempt. You throw for 126 yards. Come on. Uh, that, that does not compute and whether I, I wonder this guys, I think this is a legitimate question to ask for some of these guys who are 18, 19, maybe 20, who all of a sudden are a pitch man. I'm not saying it's too much to, for your focus. I'm saying it puts more pressure on you. You are a, you all are all a young person who has suddenly become a professional since July. Okay. And there's more pressure on you because you are now on a Dr. Pepper commercial. Maybe he's not handling it well for that reason. I don't know. He hasn't connected well with his receivers. Justin Ross got some criticism for the, in the Georgia game for the pick six. That was Dabo Sweeney put that on him. Dabo is trying to protect DJ in terms of from criticism. But but so far, it's, it's just not working out at a place that's used to having Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. So... The expectation level is that high, and he's nowhere near looking like the guy who nearly beat Notre Dame in overtime last year. He looks like a guy 
who is in over his head and trying to figure things out. My panic would be around the offensive line of Clemson because they that unit has underachieved and dragged that program down, quite frankly, the past two seasons. And I really think that's the root of all their problems. Look, they were just not going to magically replace Travis Etienne. He was the best running back in ACC history the last the last 25 years, the most productive. They don't have a great answer there. They have a decent answer there, it appears, in uh, Will Shipley. If that offensive line does not gel, come together, and establish some semblance of dominance, Clemson is going to get tripped up in one of its many mediocre games left on the schedule, whether that's at NC State, whether that's at – I mean, Syracuse is the fourth-ranked defense in the country. That that program's tortured Clemson over the years. Uh, that's a road game. They kind of trail off after that. But I want to get your thoughts on that. And in particular, you know, you sent me a clip a few minutes ago about the <laughs> offensive line. Like, is Pete Thamel right? Is the offensive line the problem with Clemson's offense right now? I think that's where it starts, and I just think there's just no getting getting around that at this point is that, you know, you can have all the skill guys in the world, but if you don't have an offensive line that can generate push or hold up against um, pass blocking, it just it, – it, it, you're a non-starter, and I think that that's the reality. And I was talking to with a friend the other night trying to – figure this out because I think we were led to believe or we allowed ourselves to be led to believe that this was going to be the greatest show on turf potentially. Right. And you know, it just hasn't happened. But then like if you step back and take off your orange colored glasses, I mean, we're starting three, three wide receivers this year, uber talented but effectively, none, none of those three played last year. Right. Uh, if my memory uh, is correct, then somebody will fact check me. But I mean, outside of Jordan McFadden, you know, nobody had really started or really mm-hmm. contributed because last year we basically played five, maybe six. Um, offensive linemen and because you just didn't have that uh, functional depth that we used to having. So, yeah, I think I could go on and on, but yes, uh, the, the offensive line is an issue. And in my opinion, has been an issue even, even when things were going well for us. Who's the offensive line coach? Robbie Caldwell. Oh, still there. Old state guy. <laughs> Yeah. So, where where does Clemson go from here? Like, is this something that is fixable in the short term, or is it? Do you think it's something that's going to plague them the rest of the season? At this point, until we see something different, I think it's just going to plague us through the rest of the rest of the season. I think it's one of those things that I would expect these guys to improve because just by virtue of playing and going through the growing pains. But I think when you're, especially when you're facing a unique year like this year where you have teams with, you know, fifth, full of fifth year and fifth, six year guys, you know, you, you're going up against a team as experienced as NC State. 
those guys are going to take advantage of it regardless, you know, of what your rivals or 247 ranking was coming out of high school. I mean, you have guys that have played a lot of ball going up against guys who haven't played, man. It, it's not a uh, good um, – it's not a recipe for success. And like they were talking about, and I was going to talk about that, I mean, when you've only scored 17 points in against FBS com- competition, it's – it's concerning. Yeah. What have they changed what they're trying to do offensively or is it still you know essentially the same you know same scheme and whatnot like I, I, I know I, yeah go ahead. I, I think I think it's really it's the same thing. That's one of the things that's been really frustrated frustrating to me personally. It, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of creativity. There's not much evolution with this offense, especially when you go and have a upfront close uh, picture of uh, LSU going up and down the field against you. You see what um, Ohio State did to us. Um, mm-hmm. Even last year against um, BC, if you if you you know I was, I was fortunate enough to be there. I mean, they were running NFL routes. And getting guys open, and it's just—it's like where's the evolution? It seems like a lot of a lot of the stuff that we run is still like nine routes going straight, thinking that we're just gonna, you know, win matchups on fifty-fifty balls. And you know, I just think that it's time to evolve. <laughs> it sounds a lot. It sounds very similar to the conversation we used to have. In 2017, 2018, with Dave Doran, where we were running out Kelvin Harmon, Jacoby Myers, and you know they weren't blowing past people, they weren't stretching the field, but they were just throwing up jump balls to them, and those guys would win it more often than not. But like you said, it's not a not a recipe for success, especially in today's today's environment. No doubt. Are they are they trying to run DJ at all, or like I know he's no Trevor Lawrence, so what what are they, they doing? Ran him, they, they didn't run him against Georgia. Um, they ran them a lot in the second half um, against Georgia Tech last week. And really, I thought that that really kind of got him kind of got him lathered up a little bit. And I thought that was going to lead to something, you know, for him to make a play. And then, unfortunately, we um, I think he fumbled uh, in that on, on that drive going in. And it just – this offense right now just can't get out of its own way. Is do you think that's something that, or do you think that's another one? So Pat Forty brought it up. Like, are there distractions from the NIL stuff, the sponsorship stuff? Do you think is any of that coming into play, or is it just you know the offensive line is not good? They don't have the dynamic receivers they had in the past. Like, what DJ showed a little bit better last year when he had to step in. Oh, there's no right. Yeah. So where where did that diverge? If you, I, I wish I knew, <laughs> I, 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 wish, I, I wish I knew because I think that's what in those two instances against BC first against BC where he he um what we fell behind fell like what's like twenty one six something like that against BC last year and he brought us back and then you know he's. Uh, Nobody's thrown for more yards against Notre Dame in 
in Notre Dame Stadium than uh, DJ Wiyongalale. I mean, like that's what I think a lot of Clemson fans were expecting, and up to this point, it just hasn't is it? It hasn't happened yet. You know, yeah, maybe that- maybe it could happen this weekend. I'd I, I'd be surprised, but <laughs> I, 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 every I, state I, fan and every state fan out there is expecting it to happen this weekend. <laughs> it's going to click this weekend. That is, to answer your we question, are kingmakers. I, know, I mean, I, I don't have any knowledge that the NIL or, you know, the obligations. Um, I I think early on, I think Coach Sweeney said that, you know, you had to do all that stuff on your own time. And yeah. so, um, I mean, and, and you got to remember these guys – at this point still still are students and they have uh you know academic obligations that they have to continue to meet and also along with their football obligations so um i mean it could be i mean i nobody they don't disclose you know how much money these guys are you know how much money these guys are getting from each deal but you know I, i think it's a bigger issue than that yeah, I mean, it, it happens if you know they lost a lot of offensive talent. I, I mean, I think r- losing Etienne is was not not prioritized or not like emphasized enough. Like people didn't. He was that good. Like he was legit that good. And when you lose a guy like this, and I said the same thing for Carolina. You know, they lost a bunch of talent that went to the NFL. Yeah, you just don't plug guys in. And have that same level of success. Not for a guy like him who was there for, you know, felt like a decade. And just <laughs> was was great every year, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people focused in on Trevor. But if you, re- if you watch Clemson closely in the last uh, four years or th- three years with Travis um, having uh, – getting the bulk of the carries – I mean, the guy this – I mean, he could make something out of nothing. And a lot of times right. he did. Right. And he's just – and then he developed into the uh, really uh, big-time threat out of the backfield. And so, um, you know, he was a weapon that you were just not going to just – you know, you can't plug and play that. And and even right. he, he was a guy that – that morphed into that. He developed into what he, he became there uh, his junior and senior year. And so who was – all right, I just had it – I had it up and I lost it. Who's the running back that just left, just transferred? Lynch? Lynn J. Dixon. Lynn? Dixon. Dixon, okay. So he leaves, and I, I think the end of that Georgia Tech game was pretty telling that they're going to – Lean on Will Shipley. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, he's. I mean, at, at this point, just by watching games, I mean, he's he's the guy that's got the most juice and, uh, you know, brings a physicality and uh, to it and can you know make something happen a little bit happen. Uh, yeah. Behind this uh, offensive line, while it tries to develop. I, I wonder. <laughs> The the state fan in me wonders how much of that of Will Shipley starting is Dabo trolling Dave Doran. Like, no, I, I think he's I, I think he's at this point it, it 
from my eyes, I think he's he's the guy. Yeah, he's the best uh, I option. I think Kobe Pace is uh, – he had a really nice third down uh, check down uh, against uh, Georgia Tech last week, and um, I think he's going to be good. It's just – it's it's an experience issue, and I think that's right. what we just really – I think a lot of the experts, fans missed is that um, they're just – you can't replace experience. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's clear. It, you know, I think it's we have we've suffered for that same problem, right? You put in you plug in a guy who talented and all that, but is just the doesn't have the the experience and the skill or the the snap count and the the time the time I mean, played. I think, I think really, it, if we're honest, if I'm honest, it's almost like what is that? Was it the not last year, but the year before when you all? had all those injuries and ended up having to play so yep, many young guys who weren't, weren't ready to, to play. But now it sucked at the moment, but now you've got to, you know, you got guys that have played and, you know, you've got guys that you, you, you all can uh, absorb some injuries and still, and still feel good. You, you all probably got to feel as good as you've ever been going into Saturday. You know, I think most of us have until Mississippi State. Yeah, and what the I feel like is that? <laughs> that's the question we've been asking the, all you know, for two weeks now. Like, it's, I think people feel really good about this team and what they can do, the depth they have. There's no real weaknesses, there's no real places. That you know we feel like would be a trouble spot, but then you go in Mississippi State, and you lay an egg, and be like, "All right, well, back to reality here." And while we we do feel like this is our best chance to beat Clemson in a long time, the still the state fan in most of us is very like apprehensive, and yeah. like we saw what we saw in Starkville, and then we know we have that in us, but can we get? Over the top there. I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think it's a big, it, it's a, it's a whole, it's a big difference. Have you know being at home, um, having a familiar opponent, and you know I don't think Clemson's going to, you know, you you all know Clemson, your coaching staff knows Clemson, they know what they're going to get, and. You know, it, it's I, it's going to be a tough challenge for Clemson because, like, what? I mean, first one to 20, 24 wins? <laughs> right? That's, that I was mean, my I'm predicted serious. score. Yeah. I'm, I mean, now, I, I got on, on the flip side, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Like, our defense is legit, although we got guys right. banged up. Tyler Davis is it's, out. That's. That brings um, me back to like, like what are we? What is is Clemson's defense for real? I know they played Georgia, but we still don't know what they have offensively. And Georgia Tech, you know, they lost Sims and whatever else. Like, but is Clemson's defense that good? They've only given up seventeen offensive points. Right? Is that what it is? Or fourteen uh, offensive points, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and they haven't given up an offensive touchdown yet. Yeah, 
Is, are they that good, or is that like a little bit of a smokescreen from the, the lack of offense that they've played? I don't know the answer. Uh, I think it's probably, if we're being honest, I think it's a combination. Uh, Georgia never did anything to really stretch the field. Um, obviously, South Carolina State wasn't going to threaten us. Um, uh, you know, Georgia yeah. Tech had some success with the, some quarterback scrambles, but uh, you never really felt like, you know, they could get in – they could really score, score, you know, more than the fourteen or fifteen that they almost did against us. I believe in, I believe in these guys. I believe in Brent, Brent Venables, and so like, you know, we're gonna if Clemson's gonna win, they're gonna have to win a street fight at this point. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's gonna be a 17-14, 20 to seven, you know, something, something like that. Uh, because I, I don't know where we're going to get the offense from. Right. I feel like it's the, I feel very similar on our side. And part of that is just because of the, what we saw at Mississippi state offensively, but our defense has been really solid all year long too. Mm-hmm. It, the competition hasn't been there, but we've given up not a whole lot of points, right? Give up a l- late touchdown to Furman. Shut out USF and seventeen to you know a Mike Leach team. Yeah, defense is defense is pretty strong. So I, I feel like the under. I think the under is under is forty seven and a half. I feel like that's probably pretty oh, safe. Yeah. Bet. Oh, if they if they're forty seven and a half points in that game, then probably somebody's getting blown out. Right. Oh, because I I just. <laughs> Now again, I don't know how much you heard. You know, I guess Georgia Tech did some things last week that they just completely didn't expect, and they were having to adjust on the on the fly and mm-hmm. all this, that, and the other. And I think what Georgia Tech does is a lot similar to what uh, Gibson the three three five, and right. um, so. Having last week, and then probably if I was NC State, I'd probably do essentially the same <laughs> thing Georgia Tech did, and right. see if Clemson can run the ball, run the ball, and sustain drives, and and be patient, and not make mistakes. And up to this point, we haven't really been able to to do that. And and again, if you go and get in a street fight up there with that crowd. Yeah, so Clemson's defense is clearly their strong point. If NC State is to score or maybe take advantage of one part of the defense, where is that? Like, where's the weak point of that defense? I don't. I don't know. Well, nobody. I'm going to say the secondary because we don't know. Right. We don't know. Nobody's nobody's really tested tested our secondary um, this year. I mean, Georgia didn't do it. South Carolina State didn't do it. Georgia Tech didn't do it. So um, we're pretty good up front. I mean, we're pretty uh, 
even with their in, in, injuries at the defensive tackle, our defensive ends have played well. We've played well. Uh, Skowski's like back for his twentieth year, and <laughs> seriously, um, <laughs> you know he's he's played well. Um, Levante Bentley uh, found out last week that he was uh, starting like right before kickoff because um, Balin Balin Specter couldn't go last week. Ha- guy had thirteen tackles. Last week was all over the place, but it's I guess a back end. I feel good about our back end, but we don't know because nobody's really tested us. And I, I, I would expect uh, state to to you know to really try and see, take some shots, and actually see what this uh, back end is all about. Because I just don't think I would be really disappointed if. NC State just lined up and went and went and ran that stretch zone on us up and down the field all day. Yeah, I I just I I don't I don't know what to expect from our offense, right? And then just Clemson's defense being I think they're really really good. It's it's going to come down to can our offensive line which is half okay. <laughs> the left side is good, the right side is questionable. Can they hold up enough to let us get downfield? Let us make plays. You know, get their get our guys downfield. I, I think that is going to be one of the keys for me. Is you know, how does our offensive line play against that defensive line? I, and that's where I think for you all, like running it enough to be able right. to maybe play action or something like that is going to be key. If we if, if Clemson can. Just completely shut down your run game. Yeah, and make I, I think conventional. Then we, we have know, to see not, something different. Yeah. yeah. Are you froze for a second there? There you go. All right. So there's a couple questions I want to ask you on defense. Okay. Who's the one guy that state fans need to know about? Uh, Brian Brzee, defensive tackle number eleven, guy's a stud. Is he a freshman? He's a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Offense. Who's the one guy people should know about other than DJ? Uh, Shipley. <laughs> I think Shipley. Uh, I I think if Shipley can provide. Uh, you know, if he can average about four or five yards a uh, a carry, then you know we'll, we'll have a chance. But if you all bottle him up and then make us one dimensional, it, it it could get ugly. I think that is probably going to be one of the undersold storylines of this game. Is how do we how how do we play Shipley, and what does that mean for? Or what does that 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 story mean for Dave? Because we recruited him hard, you know, all the legacy, every all of his families. He yeah. grew up a state fan, and then you know he goes to Clemson, <laughs> division rival, and says, you know, I want to I want to win championships. I want to play with good players, or you know, something salty. I forgot exactly what he said, but we know that Dave Doran plays. His teams play better when he is salty, and I'm wondering if they use that as a bit of motivation 
to so we get Salty Dave out here. I'm, I'm just curious how that's going to play out. Yeah. Are they just going to come hard at him all the time? I think they might. I'm yeah, sure. I, I mean, I, 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 that's what I would do. Although um, it's going to be interesting for State just to – I think the key for State is just to play within themselves, though. Yeah. Like, don't make this more than it is where you're out there making mistakes or doing stupid stuff. You know, it's just – you know, it's a big opportunity, but don't make it bigger than what it is. Right. Sure. So I asked this question to – I asked it to people like that are maybe less clued in the ACC. And, and I know you are well aware of everything in the ACC and, and college football in general. But I always like to get the view of our program from the outside. So what does James, the Clemson fan, think of when you hear NC State as a football program? I, I think as a program that that probably is just always on the cusp. It's always, you know, it's always, you're always knocking at the door. And, you know, we've, I mean, but it's always some NC State-ish. Always, you know, it's, I mean, you know, I, I was hoping this year that like, you know, maybe at NC State, maybe Boston College would, you know, be be ranked or something like that. But then like two weeks ago happened down in Starkville. Right. And it's just like, I think that's what, um, I think that's what state struggles with is that, you know they ha- they can't avoid those what the hell the m- moments. I mean you've got right. the you've got as good at this point as good of a fan base and support as anybody in the in, uh, you know after Clemson Virginia Tech. Um, you know I think that you have people who you know NC State people want to be good at football, mm-hmm. but it just. You know, you got to get over that hump, and I think that's just—it's hard. It's, it's just right. hard for what for whatever reason. I don't know if that's Dave Doran. I don't know, you know, what it is. But in those big moments, it's just like when the door—like you all have the door wide. We'll have the door wide open. It's just like walk through it, like this right. weekend. Can you just walk through the door because? This may be the as bad of a Clemson team or is that you'll see, you know, for a while. And because I mean, I do believe, you know, this will probably be a one-off. Um, yeah, you know, unless something miraculous happens. But like, here's the opportunity, and, and, and again, who cares what the circumstances are? Right. You know, is, is to get that. Get that big, get a get a win, and what? I mean, I think it's been talked about, you know, Doran's record against ranked opponents and all that stuff. But you know, it's a good place where you can win. Uh, you got good athletes in North Carolina, but you know, whatever reason, it hasn't worked yet. I did a I did a long podcast today with uh, another James from Inside Pack Sports. Nice. And the main com- main topic was can Dave Doran get us over the hump? And now I'm going to tell you this stat, and you might have seen it lately on on Twitter. It's been going around. 
Dave Dorn is 1-22 and 22 against ACC teams that finish above 500. Yeah, I've seen Yeah. Like, is that surprising to you? Well, just following the, you know, following it as closely as I do. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I'm, I'm well aware of it, and that's the thing that that's really holding you all back is that you've got to go find a way to win those some, some of those games. I, I mean. Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, you want to beat Clemson. You want to be where Clemson is. But it, at this point, I think it's more about, you know, just winning those games and learning how to consistent, you know, show some consistency. It's like you all can play game busters. Or, for example, this is a great example. Uh, who do you all have after us next week? Louisiana Tech. Okay, but – like you come out, you play like gangbusters. You play and you you know you beat us by seventeen, but then like you found yourself down, you know fourteen to three next week. Like, right? I think that's the thing that I'm I've learned to appreciate is that like just the consistency that that we have for the most part. I mean, yeah, you're not going to play your best. Uh, day in and day, or game in and game out, but you know you can you can pretty much know what you're going to get from a, a game to game basis. I just don't know what you. I don't feel like you can trust NC State to know like this is what we're going to do, and you know this is what's going to happen. It's just like a, you know, your guess is good as mine. I think that's well said. I think that kind of epitomizes how a lot of a lot of us feel. And I feel like we just haven't gotten over the hump. And I equate it to, I've used this analogy before, is when Clemson fired Tommy Bowden. And at some point, he was winning eight games a year, nine games a year, but he wasn't getting over the hump, right? And I don't think we have the brand or the resources Clemson has, but I think it parallels pretty closely that if we want to – get over that hump. I think Dave has done a really good job getting us back to there, to that point, that foundation. But at some point he's got to get us over the hump. And yeah. I just equate that, that change that Clemson decided, you know, at some point Clemson decided, Hey, this is not good enough. We want to be better. Right. Yeah. And, and you talk about our brand and our brand is really, really good right now because it's been built. Right. And it's it's because you know we've had success in bowl games. I mean, like mm-hmm. even last year with NC State, like you got to beat Kentucky in that bowl game. Like you just <laughs> you have yep. to you have to find a way to to, to get, get get over that hump. And um, I mean, I think it's there. It's just I think that there's this. Uh, I think there needs needs to be sometimes a greater appreciation for these elite coaches and their ability to not only recruit but to have to, the success they have over and over and over again. I mean, it's hard. It's it's like anybody, you know. You have some success, it's easy to want to you know take your foot off the gas, but um, you know, 
up until this point, you know, that's that hasn't really been an issue in Clemson. So you're speaking of uh, of elite coaches. The other question I got was Nick Saban is 70. How worried are are you that Dabo would leave to coach Bama if Saban retired? I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried no? about that in the least. Well, a guy. Why would a guy like Dabo want to follow a guy like Saban? I mean, right. because you'd be going to a Tus- you go into a place like Tuscaloosa. Well, all all you'd ever hear, well, Coach Saban did it this way. Coach Saban did it that way. Well, Coach <laughs> Saban did it this way. Now, yeah. where I would potentially be concerned is if the guy after the guy. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you go, they go and hire, say, um, Billy Napier. <laughs> and Napier comes up there and he starts only, you know, he only wins nine games. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he goes nine and three every year. And, you know, that's just not going to maybe in that situation, it's like, okay, so now there's a buffer. There's been a buffer and they're ready. They're like, okay, come in. You can have whatever you want. We'll give you whatever you want. That could be a, um, a situation where he just decides, you know, hey. No, but I think he's got it pretty good at Clemson. You know, like I don't know if at at this point, given what he's built at Clemson, that this that shadow of that Saban shadow, and in the same way that it was Bear Bryant shadow for so long. Well, Coach Bryant, Coach Bryant, Coach Bryant. You know that that's. That shadow is going to be tough to um, to overcome for a long time, and so I'm. I get it, and I bet there's some part of him. I mean, if you're from Alabama, you went to Alabama, yeah. You know how cool would it be to be able to be the head football coach at the University of Alabama? But I'm not. I call it naive, but I, I think he's got a good gig at. Clemson, I think he's happy at Clemson, and um, I don't think he would be the guy to follow Satan. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. All right, James, how do you see this Saturday going? I think it's ugly. I think it is ugly. Um, I really do think maybe 20 points, 17, 20 points wins it. I think uh, – Turnovers, field position will all be. I, I I hate to say this. I think like punters, punters may be the the biggest. <laughs> you know who who's able to flip the field because I just I honestly haven't seen much of state this year. I don't. Th- I think I saw a little bit, but um, you know, for Clemson, you know, I don't know if we can consistently go eighty yards and score. Right, you know, we don't have that quick strike offense that we've we're accustomed to, and so I think maybe 17, 20, 20 points wins it uh, this this uh, this Saturday. Do you think Clemson wins? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the fan in me wants them to win. 
there's nothing tangibly that says we're going to win, but you right. know, Dave Doran's still at NC State, so there, we got a chance. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our listeners are gonna love that one. I promise you, they will. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, like you all have had some, some, some rolled out some teams, and we've rolled up there. And yeah. you know, this is gonna. I, I think we've gone against better. I think the the likelihood of us winning is is hot is higher this Saturday, probably as high as it's been in a long time. Yeah. But this is not the best NC State team that's that that I think Clemson's faced. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I kind of agree. I think it's is it's debatable that I think this is the most balanced state team that we've had, and I think maybe the most depth. Yeah, I think people will say the 2018 team might be pretty close in terms of. Uh, you know, who's better or whatnot, but I, I think it's comparable. My my question for you is, and I meant to ask this earlier, Dabo, this game means a little, more, little bit extra to Dabo, doesn't it? And I think he might be frozen, so I'm going to wait a second. All right, there you go. Okay, uh, sorry about that. It's all right. It's fine. Uh, I don't know if you heard my question, but no. this game this game means a little bit more to Dabo, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like he circles this one and is like, I want to beat the crap out of this about a, out of Dave Dorn. Like, is that true, or is that just a perception I, thing that I, I get this, we have up here? I don't here? know anything. You know, I have no inside knowledge, but there seems to be no love lost between those two guys. They're not... <laughs> I don't think at ACC meetings those two guys are going out to dinner and, you know, exchanging pleasantries right. and stuff like that. I, I don't think there's, <laughs> like, any real animosity, but I, I don't think that I, – I don't think it's, well, like, I, the relationship he has with, like, Coach Cut or anything, anybody like that. Right. Not surprising. I, I think after Laptop Gate and oh, yeah. just – a couple of those other ones, I think this means a little bit more to Dabo. And anytime he can stick one into Dave Dorn, I think he's going to try. And I think that, you know, the Will Shipley recruitment also emphasizes that as well. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure that was part of it, too. <laughs> so it'll be curious. It'll be curious, man. I think it's going to be, I said somewhere 24-17. And the homer in me thinks the pack's got a chance this year. But like you said, Dave Doran is still a coach, and anything can happen. I hope. I, I hope what we saw in Mississippi was more of, was an aberration, and that the offense isn't that soft when it faces a real defense. Otherwise, it's going to be a long Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I again, like playing at home, playing against the yeah. opponent that you that you know that's highly ranked. That I mean. I think your guys will be excited to play. Crowd will be fired up. I am so glad that is not a night game. Oh, um, yeah. Um, 
But I, I still think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Always usually is there. And I just think you the door's open for y'all. And can you walk through it? Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that is <laughs> that was well said. That's exactly how I, I view it. I think there is an opportunity here. And it's an opportunity for not only for the division, but I think for Dave to answer a lot of the criticisms that he's gotten from fans and media and everybody else. So, all right, James, well, I appreciate your time. Appreciate your insight into Clemson. I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, man. I think it's going to, it's going to be unlike the past Clemson NC state games. I think it's going to be very defensive heavy. It's going to be, it should be fun to watch. You know what? It's always, you know what I think it's going to be? I think it's kind of going to be like those like 80s, early 90s, like Dick Sheridan. You know, this kind of those those uh, bloodbaths. Uh, right. Where, you know, somebody, you know, you know, somebody's got to go make a make make a play and somebody's not. And so uh, it should should be fun. Will you? If Clemson loses this game, what will you? What will you take away from it? Like, what what will that mean for Clemson? Just and maybe the rest of the year, will that change your outlook on things? Or well, for the for this year, it certainly will because um, all we've known is the playoffs, and you lose two, <laughs> you're finished. Yeah, as far as as far as the playoffs and. Um, that'll be, um, that, it feels like at some point it's going to happen unless something big changes. And so, uh, I think it just, it'll, it'll be humbling. I think what I've started to do is appreciate more about what more of what we've gotten to enjoy the last, uh, six years mm-hmm. and understand that like, you just can't take it, can't take it for granted. And and understand also too that like, good lord, have we been spoiled by with quarterbacks? <laughs> I mean, yeah. and to really to have Deshaun, and then you know have a, and then have a bridge year, and then to have uh, Trevor. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And this is not to say that DJ ultimately can't develop and be that guy, but. You know, this those guys were, and then those guys had to develop and they had to grow. And you know, uh, uh, going back, you know, Trevor when we played at A and M, um, when was that? And uh, eighteen, I guess eighteen, we played at A and M. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass, but really, it was Kelly Bryant that. Uh, that uh, got us over the hump in College Station, and so I, I think this team will 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 develop and get better, and everything. It just may not be elite. I think that's fair enough. I think that is a, a good place to end it. And James, as always, I appreciate your insight. I always sure. like talking to you. Yeah, man. I think y'all need to follow James Bostic. C u b o s c o on Twitter. He's the only Clemson guy I follow for a reason. That's all I need. 
So, <laughs> James, I appreciate it. All and right, I man. look forward to Saturday night, and I look forward to speaking to you again, man. All right, man. Have a good one. Enjoy it. I was raised by the waves. 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 I